Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 134 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson with a special guest co-host today. I am pleased to welcome in my good friend who is also in the sports broadcasting business. She works in Knoxville, Tennessee. Kelly Anstitz, I'm sure you've probably seen her on social media. Maybe if you see our Instagram, you've seen the millions of pictures of us enjoying cocktails at moments um, when we get any free time. But hey, first of all, thanks for stepping in. Joshua is still on assignment with the Big Ten Network. He is um, living the life of just traveling and getting to see all these cool things that we don't, not jealous or anything, you know. So cool. But, not jealous at all. So thanks for hopping on. I'm excited to have you. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Well, you know, there's so much going on in terms of change within college football. And every week mm-hmm. we kind of discuss something new because it seems like every week there's something new to talk about. And the most recent thing that has happened is clearly Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC. It's becoming a monster conference. Um, And so now the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC, all these conferences are kind of scrambling and trying to figure out a way, how can we compete and be just as good as the SEC? Because look, they're not going to do it unless they add teams or they come to together as like a triple threat. And that's the latest that has been out there is that the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12 are Mm -hmm. talking about some sort of a super conference kind of creation, right? And Right, like a possible alliance. Yeah, because look, do you see any other way that these conferences are going to be competing with the SEC? I mean, be honest. No, I don't. I mean, they, <laughs> the SEC is becoming a super league. It already was a monster league, but now it's becoming a super league. So you're going to have to find an answer to combat that, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, but here's my thing. I, the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, that makes sense. I honestly thought that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 were going to make some sort of alliance or join some sort of forces. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like the Big 12 is just left in the dust at this point. I know. I, like, always think of that sound effect, like, the, like, weeds blowing in the, the, the wind. Yeah. Like, the woo-woo-woo. Like, yeah. they're just, like, rolling yeah. in the wind, like the Wild West. That's what this college yes. football. Yes, there's, like, tumbleweeds yeah. rolling around. Yeah, it's, like, standoffs happening. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's college football. Sitting back and just watching, smoking cigars, so like battle it out, folks. Exactly. Right over here. And, and Mark Emmert's up there when he just got a new a pay a payday, you know, and he's sitting there being yes. like, "Thanks for the cash for for me doing absolutely nothing but sitting back literally. and watching this this uh you know crap show go on." Out. Yeah, yeah, literally. Well, and the biggest I don't know, man. The biggest thing, Kellyanne, that the reason why I think they're talking about this triple threat type of alliance is because Mm. when it comes down to it, you have to have the TV money. You have to have a a big time network like ESPN or Mm -hmm. Fox sports running the show and, and really being, being able to bring in the money that way, because you know, the sec network, while 
I'm sure people on the West Coast aren't watching it that much. Mm -hmm. The people in the South, the people even on the East, I think, pay attention to what goes on in the SEC. Therefore, they're watching the network when it has the games on, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so they're bringing in money that way. And so I think the best thing for them to do is they're thinking if we go in all together and say, hey, look, we want our own network. We want these games. Is this this is the package that we're looking at? I think that's what they're thinking is the best way to get it done. And I would somewhat mm-hmm. agree with them. It's just going to be yeah, something me too. logistically they're going to have to work out because there's other sports. Right. Football is not the other sport. So maybe this is just like a football alliance. You know, I don't know how they work out the details on that. Right. No. And it's going to be so interesting to see truly how this all plays out yeah. in the end. Yeah, it will. So you know? in, in every. Every month, I feel like there's new information that is like mm-hmm. trending in one direction or the other. But right now, it truly is a day by day situation. I feel like I say that in life a lot. Like, yeah, we just don't know day to day what's going to happen with our jobs, with the sports business, because you yeah, know, we continuously see all these, you know, COVID numbers rising, and I, I just like. I want to f- remain positive, but my goodness, I just, I'm not going to sit there and say that something's not going to happen again in terms of shutting down or partially shutting down sports. So it's just something you got to roll with the punches. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I covered the SEC media days with Tennessee this year. And as Greg Sankey opened up his statement, you know, the times they are a change in yeah. the Bob Dylan song. Yep. Uh, it's so true. I mean, in everything, right? Like <laughs> these alliances. Um, NIL. Yeah. We, I mean, still COVID is still a concern. It changed the way that we covered sports last year. It shut down sports and so we had to revamp it. Um, things are changing. They are. I mean, constantly. So it's just interesting to see, you know, trying to keep up with it on a day-to-day basis and then how it all plays out. Exactly. And so you had mentioned you attended SEC Media Days uh, this year in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And yep. So this was your first SEC Media Day experience. It was. Uh, it was. First of all, for the listeners out there that maybe have never been or just kind of wonder what the Media Day is, what was the experience like? Because it was still partially not normal because the fans weren't actually yeah. able to like go up and ask for autographs and all of that. No. And that I think was the most, even just as a first time attendee. I made my SEC media debut along with Josh Heupel, Lante Taylor, and Bayless yeah. Jones Jr. Yep. And that was one thing that was really disappointing. I mean, I understand, right? I mean, we're still in this um, COVID environment. And, yeah, there were no fans in the lobby. I was watching videos from years past, even just, like, reading up on our coverage and coverage of what to expect. Mm-hmm. And you saw, you know, fans in the lobby also warming. I mean, geez, it was a parade. Yeah. Like, out the door for Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, yeah. And, I mean, last year, even just, like, you know, Jeremy, well, not last year because we didn't have it year before. Jeremy Pruitt, um, people all up in his face trying to get autographs, pictures. It was, like, it was really, like, a fanfare. And this year, they didn't have fans in the lobby. Um, They had, like, a fan section in front of the hotel. And I only, I was inside majority of the day, but, um. (laughs) <laughs> at one point I went outside to do a live shot because we lost service in there and there was like two fans like a son or a son and his father just oh. waiting and it was just like two of them and it was just so desolate it's like oh oh god and I know, I know and you appreciate that because you know you're like hey there's still something but yeah that was the biggest change 
Um, and there's some COVID regulations, like you weren't supposed to be um, conjugating upstairs. And um, we luckily, even Tennessee media was being awesome. And we had a pre-press conference with Josh Heupel before he took the main stage in the podium. So that was yeah. really cool. I mean, you still got to do something, you know, it's like you got to be in person. But besides that, honestly, um, just at least from my first time experience, there's still normalcy because you still had all of the, um, you know, all the guys made their rounds on Radio Row. You still had Radio Row. And I think even then that was a little different from years past, but you still had all the radio guys there. And then you go upstairs and then there's different conference rooms and different stages. And then where my workroom was, the SEC network was right next to me with their big stage. So um, it was just interesting to see all the different coaches and how everybody was approaching different branded topics. Like NIL was obviously a huge topic. Um, and just there's a ton of first-year coaches there, including Josh Heupel. But um, it was it was actually a really cool experience, though. Yeah, and I know that there was a lot of talk. I watched the Paul Feinbaum show a lot, and mm-hmm. there's always a lot of talk um, – right now when it comes to getting your team vaccinated and Lane Lane Kiffin was the first to do it uh, at Old Miss where I think some people were a little surprised I thought that was funny because people have so (laughs) many judgments of Lane Kiffin and I'm one of them I definitely was not happy with Lane for a long time and what he did when he left Tennessee and that way but now he's kind of grown on me because I think he's grown up a little bit and he learned from the Mm -hmm. Nick Saban school of coaching when he was there (laughs) how to kind of grow up and be a man and be a a good coach and a figure to look up to for these players and that's what I think he's doing and it kind of shows when you get your team 100% fully vaccinated I mean these are kids it's hard to do right that's hard to buy in because everybody has their reasons why they don't want to and you can't say, mm-hmm. you know, yes or no, and, and you can't just judge people. Um, but, you know, no, right. If for this thing to slow down, it's like, especially in college football, if you want them to be able to play this year, the best thing to do is get fully vaccinated because Greg Sankey said it himself, like, if you don't have the numbers, you're forfeiting the game. Like, we're not rescheduling these games. And so, no, like, Kiffin's like, much. I'm not, yeah, he's like, I'm not playing around. We're, we're not playing around. We want to be competitive. We want to be up there in the SEC this year. So let's do it. And I respect him for getting his team to do that. So Kellyanne, like I mentioned, covers the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, last year was a very strange year covering it from afar. But this year, you're going to actually yes. be able to be at the games. But you've learned a lot. And there's been a lot of drama that has gone on since you have been in Knoxville. You're just like, hey, oh, I man. get this job. Lay it on me, right? Lay it, Lay on, it me. on me. The full experience. I want it. I know. You're like, I can handle it. But now that everything is kind of settled down in terms of they've got Danny White as the AD. Josh Heupel's now the football coach. He's been there mm-hmm. for some months now. He's getting guys to buy in. What is the vibe, Ben, of Tennessee Volunteer Football Camp? this year positivity Mm -hmm. that's what i'd say it hits me right off that positivity there's definitely culture change we have heard from multiple players who back that up they all talk about the culture change um that's one thing josh heupel obviously wanted to come in and do is change the culture there he wanted to make it more um positive so even just the first day camp was really cool because we have our shooting we shoot we're able to shoot like one or two periods but then the first day of camp when they actually practiced, because they kicked off camp with like a media availability of sorts. Mm-hmm. And then they had hit the practice field the following day. And I got to shoot it and cover that practice specifically. 
And um, afterwards, they let us watch practice. So after we were allowed to shoot, we stayed and watched. So we watched them like 11 on 11 periods and stuff. And one thing that stuck out to me, one, I know he, he's known for this, right? We've seen it in the past. We've seen it with UC most recently or at UCF that he has, a, he runs a high tempo offense. Mm-hmm. It's up-tempo, it's upbeat, explosive. It's fun to watch. Obviously he's installing that here at Tennessee. And just the practices were very fast paced, up-tempo. There wasn't much walking, if any, even just between drills. I like it. And one thing that, yes, and one thing that stuck out to me too is just positivity. There was constant coaching. Yeah. It was the coaches coaching players, but it was also players coaching each other. And it was never negative. It was very positive. Um, good vibes. There's music playing. They have their names on the back of their jerseys. Okay. Unlike I Vanderbilt. Heard, right. It, well, so in years past, <laughs> years past <laughs> with Pruitt, um, supposedly, and I have to go back and like bring up the receipts in terms of videos that we were able to see. Cause again, you know, I came out in at this weird time. So I never saw practice in person with, with Jeremy Pruitt, but from what I heard from other media members too, and I could probably pull up the video and find it, but they didn't have their names on the back of their Jersey. So it kind of humanizes yeah. them. You know, they're not just the number. And also as a shooter, it makes it a lot easier too. Uh, um, yes. But right. But they have that. And then heck they're bringing ice cream trucks after practice shaved ice after practice right so it just seemed like the morale is high and there was an interesting comment from um dane davis he's an offensive lineman he's from tennessee and he was a walk-on he earned a scholarship and so he's a really cool story now he's in the mix to start this year and one comment that he had um one of the media availability days is that he said you know somebody asked like hey what are your impressions of josh heupel and his staff and he said well we love him it's a complete culture change in the locker room. Everybody wants to come to practice. Sure, practice sure. is fun. We're all ready to be here in the mornings because they switched to morning practice. And he's like, he looks at it like a Monday, right? So there's no Mondays here. You know, people, some, they dread going to work on Monday. Well, he said there's no Mondays at Tennessee. And it just wasn't fun with the last staff. He used the word an agonizing feeling. Oh, God. So that was just very interesting. That's and, great perspective um, there. I know. And it's just like, wow. So, but this year you just hear so many, everybody's like smiling. It's good vibes. It's just fun. But also obviously they're working very hard and I really do like this new coaching staff. I really like Josh Eiffel. I really like all of his assistant coaches. Um, I really think that they're trying to build something, but doing it the right way. And that's something that's huge for Josh Eiffel at Tennessee, especially with the ongoing NCAA investigation. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, and on, you and have on, to do it the right way. <laughs> on the note of that, do you think that that perturbs recruits at all, or do you think that they're like, we're gonna look past that? NIL is now in effect. If they like the coaching staff, if the, that that that's maybe not something that they're even thinking about. I mean, they're still gaining traction on. Um, the recruiting trail, especially after their visits this summer. And Josh was asked about that um, at the SEC media days in terms of like, how are they handling it? And he just said transparency. Yeah. Uh, when he yeah. took the job, you know, Danny White and all of the leadership, they were transparent with what's going on. He's transparent with the players. He's transparent with the recruits. But, uh, you know, while that's a thing in the back of the mind, they're still moving forward as if, you know, we're just going to focus on right now and keep it, keep it moving essentially. Okay. Now I wonder too, how this is all going to play out because remember Tennessee acted very proactively and very quickly Mm -hmm. 
when that all came out of scrubbing clean sure the, the you know the coaching staff and everything getting rid of the people involved obviously they had a lot of turnover in the transfer portal not saying those players were involved but it just it was a whole new revamp um so I just wonder even now too does the NCAA have a little bit of forgiveness sure. in that way you know do they do a self-imposed bull ban this year if yeah. they get a bull game they you know what it kind of doesn't sound like, from what I gathered from Josh Heupel, that he wanted to do that. I mean, I don't think he wants to do that at all. But That might be the you know, best option. Be, you know, truly. You know? But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I don't know. I don't think it I, – I, I would like to think if I was a recruit, that was something I would be considering. Mm-hmm. But like you said, NIL and, I mean, Tennessee is still a big brand in general. And all of their athletics, they're, they're yeah, a big brand. So – no. So what what is going on at the quarterback position? Because look, Tennessee can oh, man. Tennessee can be as excited as is it wants to be about football and having a new coach. But look, the reality of it is, if you do not have a quarterback that runs the show in college football, you ain't winning yeah. many games. No. And and so I just want to know what the hell is going on over there on Rocky Top with this quarterback position. In terms of the quarterback composition competition it's joe milton michigan transfer Hendon hooker virginia tech transfer and, and harrison bailey the freshman um who stepped in and stepped up last season so i think it's going to be joe milton this is just me and my prediction i think it's going to be joe milton as a starter uh, he just had he's massive first of all he's massive tech is that the tech and transfer right that's a michigan, michigan transfer, transfer. okay he, He's massive. Oh, go figure that he didn't do anything under Harbaugh up in Michigan. Cause, I know. Right? Don't even get me started on that. Okay. But I don't think they utilized him properly. No, they don't, don't utilize any of their quarterbacks at Harbaugh with the <laughs> damn don't. quarterback. They don't. So that's why he's like, that's why Josh Apple's like, come to me. Yeah. Come to me. We will, we will build you up, baby. Come to me. <laughs> he's massive, okay? He's massive. And he's a strong-armed quarterback, but he's also mobile. He can use his feet to get it done. Mm. I, I just think, I think it's going to be him. I think they, they like what they see out of him. Again, they have not tipped their hats by any stretch. It's just, yep. just speculating. And then I think it'd be Hendon Hooker and Harrison Bailey. I mean, and in the past, Josh Heupel, when he was at the OC of Oklahoma, I mean, they used a two system, a two quarterback system. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the BG game, their opening game on September second on Thursday. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if you saw Joe Millen because he, he, Heupel wants to have their starter, like their starter for Week One. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Joe taking the first snap under center, but then we do see. Hendon Hooker and Harrison Bailey throughout the game and getting touches too. I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. Well, that'll be interesting. Well, it'll be exciting to see what happens with the Vols. I mean, look, I, I've heard people give them anywhere from four to six wins. I mean, what are you going with yes. this year? I am a positive person. I know you are, which I, which I am too. So we're, I, we breed that positivity into the we programs do. we cover. And, and a lot of the do. times they give it, it to us in return. They give us wins. That's how I look they at do. it. They do. I firmly believe so. That's why I'm going with six. Okay. I do think so. Okay. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But one thing I will say, I do think that they should be very exciting to watch. Yeah. So even if they are losing games, I mean, I think they're going to be putting some points up on the board. And at least that should, you know, excite Tennessee fans compared to last year. 
um, they should be exciting and fun to watch. Well, and look, if you're not putting up points anymore in the in the SEC, you're, you're not, not winning, winning games because once no, Saban period. adapted to this high, yes. you know, high scoring offense mentality, exactly. you knew that the it whole conference game over. would change, right? Game over. That's why they are the conference they are today. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was some great insight. I appreciate that um, when it comes to updating us on the volunteers. And you can follow Kellyanne's work. Kellyanne, where can they follow you on Twitter if people are Vols fans or just fans of the SEC? Yes, you can follow me at Kellyanne Stitz. It's all one word on Twitter. Um, I constant updates with the team and coverage. So if you're interested in that, please follow along. Okay, before we go, I had some couple wacky headlines that I wanted to bring up. This one I thought was Love just that. hilarious. I mean, what is going on with South Carolina? Like, can, <laughs> yeah. can they get some help down there? I mean, they've got a new head coach, but they continue <laughs> to have major issues at quarterback. I mean, the amount of quarterbacks who have rotated through that program in the last three years, I cannot keep count. And now it gets to the point where they have turned to a grad assistant to fill in at Man. quarterback right now because they have injuries. Um, so Zeb Nolan is on the active roster, at least for oh this week, um, because they need depth at the position. They just don't have the depth. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering who the heck Zeb Nolan is, he was the backup for Trey Lance. You know that name? The guy that was drafted by the oh, Niners? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was the backup for Trey Lance that saw probably no time at North Dakota State. But no, I just thought this no was time. hilarious because when you're in the SEC, look, I don't care what program you are. When you say you're in the SEC and you're a team in the SEC, this is the last thing that I would think you would be this desperate to go to a grad last assistant. Absolutely. A grad assistant? Yeah. I mean, no offense. Obviously, he has the experience. But I mean, <laughs> at least he's close to home, right? I guess, like, this, he's already there. <laughs> turn, yeah. to, turn to your right. You're like, oh, Hey, you have experience. Well, we really need you in there. Right. In there. I mean, we, we need you. We need you getting some sort of reps because we just don't have enough guys. But it is. And it, I feel sorry sometimes for South Carolina because I I feel like they're getting to the point where we put them on the same page as Arkansas. And Arkansas is, yeah. I think, stepping up in the right direction yeah. um, with what yeah. they did last year. So I feel like South Carolina is now weaseling its way to the bottom. And look, I'm not going to count out Mississippi State, too, because Mike Leach, you better bring your pirate game to the ship yep. because right now yep. the ship's a sinking early on. So he got to get his stuff to play, too. <laughs> Um, but yes, I just yes. thought that was hilarious. And look, there's, oh it, it probably won't be anything moving forward. It's probably just like a temporary right. thing. But I was like, this is a great headline. No, but that's so funny for the time being. Like, there's right. literally nobody else. Nope, no one else. I mean, I guess you could go do nobody tryouts else. or something like that. Well, yeah, I guess you could hold like, oh, just, yeah, tryouts. It's, pre it's pretty on. much what the Titans do with the kicker position nowadays, so. Right, exactly. I mean, hey, <laughs> whatever you need to do, right? To get it done. Who wants to come That's kick so for funny. us? Because we can't, we can't find a kicker. So, um, the <laughs> other headline that I just, I don't think Scott Frost can get out of his own way. Like, mm -hmm. I know they brought Scott Frost there. He came from UCF, obviously, where he mm -hmm. had some success, mm -hmm. and he's a Nebraska alum. So you always think like these alumni are going to fix the problem. Well. Harbaugh's that, not yeah. yeah Harbaugh's not fixing the problem in Michigan. He hasn't fixed the problem and he's had plenty of time. No. Nope. And 
I just don't feel like Scott Pat or Frost is on the path of fixing the problem at Nebraska. I just feel like what is he mm-hmm. doing to put the, the program forward? And then Nebraska announced that the NCAA is now looking into the football program after a report yeah. said that the Cornhusker staff like improperly used analysts and consultants with the yep. knowledge of, of yep. Scott Frost. And I guess they like, moved workouts off campus like Yes. During the pandemic, I'm like, that. bro, you can't do like come everybody's on. under these strict protocols. Like you can't just go do your own thing. No. I I mean, listen, unless you're like, hey, I'm gonna risk it for the biscuit, I'm just gonna sure. risk it knowing that things could happen. I mean Right. Well that's what come he on. Did. I just don't <laughs> see the, the NCAA likes to pick and choose. And like I don't like the yes. I don't like the NCAA. I think it's worthless, especially with, you know, Mark Embert running the show. But at the same time, these kind of things, like, that's not fair because other programs aren't doing that, right? I mean, other mm-hmm, programs are right. moving their, their things off campus to go do what they want to do to prepare for the season. Like, that's an unfair advantage to me. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. What's your opinion on Scott Frost? I mean, is he the guy for I mean, the job? I, 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 don't, I just don't think he is. I don't know. I don't think so either. I, I don't know. I don't think so either. I'm kind of on the same boat as you. Yeah, I think it, at this point, like when they hire former alums. I, it, either, either I feel like goes well or just crashes, or crashes and, burns. and burns. Yeah, and you would think like the Harbaugh hire would have worked because right. you being a former quarterback, you get a quarterback to Michigan – as long as you have a quarterback, you can build around the program. And the problem is, is like he's had quarterbacks. He can't develop anyone there. And so that it's huge issue, right? He's just not a college coach in my eyes. I'm sure that he could go back to the NFL and be successful, but um, right. he's not get it done at Michigan and Ohio State's fine with that. So, yeah. Well, and Ohio State's totally okay right? with They're that They're like, one. no, bro, you can do like, yeah, yeah, you keep doing that, it, right? We're fine over here. Yeah, you have a lifetime contract. Beating you. (laughs) Oh god. Well, we appreciate you coming on, filling in. That was some great stuff. Hopefully, you all enjoyed it. Like I said, um, Joshua will be back here, but we're probably gonna we're probably gonna get Kellyanne to pop on here throughout the football season because I feel like she can bring. Oh, I would love that. Especially uh, since some of y'all are are SEC fans here who listen to the podcast. So. Kellyanne, appreciate you hopping on. Go follow her on Twitter, Instagram, all of it. You can follow her work. Also, uh, we do everything in Tennessee. So it's K&K. We do. We hold it down when it comes to Tennessee. K&K, take it on Tennessee. Exactly. (laughs) We tell it how it is, too. Very transparent here. We do. (laughs) Very true. All right, y'all. Take care. (laughs) Have a great week. And we'll see you back here. You'll hear from us, I should say, next week.